a lot of times brands want to do virtually exactly what they are doing physically. We do a flagship store and you walk in and you go around the car and you sit in the car and that's exactly what we're going to do in the metaverse. And I'm like, no, that's not what you should be doing in the metaverse. You should be doing things that you cannot do physically, right? Hello and welcome to Polyweb. I'm your host, Saralandi Tortoli, and my mission is to bring you the top entrepreneurs and builders across Web 2 and Web 3 to help you be successful at building and growing your company. In this episode, we explore the topic of brand strategies for entering and dominating the metaverse with Diego Borgo. Diego is an NFT and metaverse specialist and advisor for brands such as Adidas, Salesforce, Skoda, and Porsche. During our conversation, we discuss the concept of the metaverse and the unique opportunities and use cases for brands. We also cover the differences between good and bad metaverse strategies and the key challenges and choices the brands face when establishing a presence in the metaverse. Please enjoy this conversation with Diego Borgo. Diego, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Me too. So let's start with your background, actually, because you are a consultant for some very high-profile brand. I remember top of my head Adidas and now more, more recently Porsche. So how did you start this journey? Yeah, I mean... The, the overall journey started when I was 16 years old, right? So I started working when I was 16 years old in an agency back in Brazil that we were looking to gaming and esports and how brands could take advantage of that upcoming trend and that subculture, you know, to position themselves in to get it early and to sort of like make their moves in that space, right? So that, that was sort of like the first job I ever had. Um, and that was exciting for me because it was working with like brands like Samsung, Red Bull, Warner Bros, Microsoft, and we were helping them navigate that that sort of like new new space. There are a lot of different things happened in my career that are not as relevant, but one of the key milestones was when I first heard heard of blockchain. Right in 2017, I first heard of the technology per se, and then I just you know dove straight in because I was really excited about the use case, the possibilities, and everything that come along with that technology. Problem is, I'm a branding guy, right? I couldn't find my space within that community. So I kept sort of like looking from the sidelines. And all of that changed to me when I first heard of NFTs, right? NFTs for me were that moment in time where culture gets with technology and creates a new shift and a new paradigm and, and sort of like a new stories to be told and to people to connect with each other. So I was really excited. And that happened when it was, I was with Adidas, right? I spent four years as a consultant, external consultant inside of Adidas headquarters. I spent the last years, the last eight years of my career of consulting brands in, in marketing, digital strategy and branding. And the last four was at Adidas. So NFTs happen. I am at Adidas. People from the company already sort of like friends of mine already pushing the brand towards that direction. And then they invite me to join them in this task force team that was happening, that was aimed at delivering to the metaverse, right? And, and we deliver into the metaverse December last, which is almost a year now, funny enough to, to think about. And then we went on and had a partnership with Prada. So we did Adidas and Prada partnership as well. And by end of last year, I, I basically decided doing what I always done, advising or, or consulting big brands. 
So that's what I've been doing basically since the beginning of this year. So as you mentioned, you know, I was working with Adidas before. We did that work with Prada. I've been working with Unilever. I've been working with L'Oreal. I've been working with Skoda from the Volkswagen Group. I've been working with Cupra from the Volkswagen Group. I've worked with Forged. I've been working with Shell, MasterCard. So brands on, on that side, right? Trying to understand the how to operate within, within the metaverse, how to enter NFTs, how to look into Web3. So I've been doing a lot of work on that direction. The second thing I've been doing a lot is spending a lot of time with Web3 founders. And the third thing I've done is I spend a lot of time on the education side of things, right? Because this is so new and so many people uh, are trying to understand what's happening. I, I took on the role to be the translator, you know, to make it easy to sort of like help others to understand help others to get it and create a safe space right? where everybody feels comfortable to come and join. Everybody feels welcome to, to this community. Okay, let's uh, continue on the education side then one second. And I would like to start this conversation by talking about a rather complex concept, but so that we are all aligned. What is the metaverse or rather even better? What is the idea that those big brands have uh, of what is the metaverse? Yeah, that's a great question. So let's answer both because I think it's relevant. I'll say what the metaverse is for me. There's a, a million of different definitions there and everybody's coming up with theirs. So, you know, like it's fair to me to throw mine. <laughs> so the metaverse for me is an evolution of the internet. Right? It's an evolution of how we connect digitally as a species, as humans, right? So for me, it's basically an evolution of the interface of the internet, but also is the, the ultimate bridge between physical and digital. You know, mobile obviously has created a, a, a shorter gap between physical and digital world, but I'm really, really, really bullish on the metaverse as an interface, and especially in AR, augmented reality, as the interface to create the ultimate bridge between physical and digital, right? So if you want to talk blue skies, I imagine that, you know, a couple of years from now, we're going to be wearing glasses, you know, not goggles. That's not what I think will happen, but glasses where we will be adding layers of, you know, augmented reality where, you know, whatever we go going. So and that for me, what the metaverse will enable, and, and that's what I think it is. For brands, for them, like it, it, it differs, right? It has sort of like, sort of like a definition and they're different taken to it. But a lot of the brands I'm working with, uh, they're looking to a new space or a new medium where they can connect with customers, they can build communities, they can get together with fans and provide an experience or provide immersive experiences that is not possible for them to provide today. Right. So think about e-commerce. So how you shop, they want to, they want to enhance that experience. They want to bring customers closer. They want to make that experience better. They want to provide a product experience or a brand experience that today is not possible because either there are limitations or because it's hard to scale such a thing in a global level. And they're looking into the metaverse as a new medium for them to do so, which, which, which is exciting. Others are looking to keeping relevant, right? They are looking to the demographics. They, they are connecting the metaverse really closely with gaming. So they are thinking, you know, like, oh, Gen Z is spending more and more time on gaming. Therefore, as they mature or as they, 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 they grew up or even, you know, Gen Alpha, they will be interested in spending more time in this place if we make it cool. And for them, it's going to be one-to-one, -one, uh, the sort of like the behavior because they've been already purchasing uh, in-game assets. They've been already purchasing uh, skins. They've been purchasing already, you know, premium memberships. And, and for them, that element of keeping fresh and relevant and appealing 
for the upcoming generations by investing early in the metaverse and trying to learn and, and, and navigate that concept is, is a lot of the times the motive why they're trying to come in, right? Others are curious. Other, others have, you know, listened to a lot of the hype. Others have seen a lot of the, the craziness that happened since Facebook had changed their name to Meta. And they just wanted to explore, you know, they want to keep looking into the possibility. I think it's a mix of curiosity, but also the possibility of opportunities, seeing new opportunities, but also, you know, like trying to, to keep up with the new, the new cycles of technology. Cause a lot of those brands, they miss the boat when the internet went mainstream and they weren't ready for e-commerce. And, you know, then they missed the boat with social media because they were like, oh no, we wait. And like, this is no, nothing relevant here. Nothing to see here. It's just, you know, people sharing their photos of their breakfast. And how they're look, they're looking towards, and they're like, oh, maybe there is a repetition of a cycle, right? So this time they want to be there. This time they want to be trying. This time they want to be investigating early on to to see whether this is gonna take off or not. Yeah, that that's an interesting thought. You know that these, let's say, Web One brands or brands that anyway predated the internet, kind of missed the boat on Web Two. Big time. But now it feels like instead Web 2 is missing the boat on Web 3, whereas Web, web 1 brands, uh, you know, are kind of uh, ahead of the curve when it comes to Web 3 adoption. That is, if you, if you equal Web 3 with Metaverse, which is, you know, it can be also, a Metaverse can also be built in a very centralized way, right? I mean. 100%. You know? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, the Metaverse doesn't need Web 3 to be built. I believe that it true metaverse will survive in you know 10 15 years from now just if it's built on web3 but that's my personal take but today you don't you don't need to right you don't have to 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 have blockchain as a backbone you don't have to enable crypto wallets or cryptocurrencies or nfts or or any of those things you don't have to right but i believe that as as this concept evolves and expands and as the internet iterates and evolves at the same time alongside I think it's going to be a no-brainer looking into Web3 as the backbone for, for the metaverse. But, you know, today it's not necessarily mandatory. I agree. Yeah. And especially you can even build like a decentralized Web3 metaverse. But if you need goggles, and those goggles are manufactured by Meta, Apple, you know, you have the, what, what I think of as the gatekeeper problem. It's basically the same problem that you have right now with the App Store, right? So if, if like few brands control the access to the metaverse, they are actually good keepers to that. So I don't know. Let's see how these develop <laughs> moving forward. I mean, on that side, you know, I'm always the first one to jump on that and, and take on, on VR, right? Like I might be utterly wrong, but I don't think that VR is going to go as mainstream as the tag. It's hard for me to imagine that we will be willing to spend 8, 10, 12, 16 hours a day as we do now with screens, different screens that being computer phones, tablets, whatever, wearing goggles most of the time, right? Like if you've, if you've experienced, if you spend more than two or three hours wearing it in different circumstances and, and moments, you will understand that it's basically impossible to imagine doing that for a very long period of time. Right. So I, I don't dismiss the importance of VR as a technology and I, I don't say it will be dead. What I'm saying is I don't think it's going to go as mainstream as, as, as all big techs pushing. Right. That's why I'm bullish on, on AR. It's so much more intuitive. It's so much more comfortable. 
there is more utility on that experience because you can interact with both worlds. VR, I see, you know, being an edge case for gaming, being a strong case for simulators, right? That being healthcare, any type of like simulation uh, where you really need to be immersed uh, on something that you don't need reality or you don't need the physical reality for, right? So for me, VR plays a role where you want to basically shut down that reality around you and go somewhere totally else, right? And, and get entirely immersed on that. And I think that makes a lot of sense. So what I see, for example, the latest developments of putting a camera on Google, a VR Google, and then that camera is recording the room around you and creating almost like a, a virtual experience with that room. I'm, I'm just questioning. I'm like, why? Why Why don't you then go for, for AR instead if you really want to have the room around you, right? Why would you shut down the entire experience and add like a fake layer of the reality that you're in just because it's virtual reality, right? So I don't really grasp that concept. And I, I think that the, we're we're heading more and more towards AR. That's that's where I'm so bullish on that, right? Like I think that's going to be, if there is a potential replacement for the phone, I think that can be it. Yeah. And the question is then uh, how do you access that, right? So you won't have a phone anymore probably, but you will have something else. And, and then the question is who's controlling this something else, right? That, yeah. The device, who's behind the device, 100%. Yeah. yeah. That, that remains relevant. But let's Let's go back one second to use cases for for brands on the metaverse, right? So first of all, should every brand think of establishing a presence already this early on in, in the metaverse? And if so, what are the concrete use cases uh, that some brands or, you know, the one that you can think of should pursue to enter the metaverse? Yeah, so... Should every brand be thinking about it? I think that every brand that wants to remain relevant for the long term and identifies that new demographics and new technologies are relevant for their mix of strategy, the answer is yes, right? Like this is indeed a new technology suit that will enable you doing things that weren't possible before. Right. So you need to you need to be exploring or you need to be trying to understand. You need to be, you know, like experimenting with it 100 percent. So I, I would I would start from there. And I don't see the need of like being doing major things. I don't see the need of like be building your own platform or building your own experience or any of it by exploring. I mean, you can take part on already existing events, right? You can you can do small things. You can gather uh, your community and sense check whether is even relevant to them, right? You can bring customers from your brand to a small immersive experience invitees only and spend almost nothing there and sense check if people if people find that there is value on this right so there are different ways of exploration and experimentation and different levels so you know in that in those terms i think it's 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 really interesting and, and should be relevant for them on the use case i think that there, there is always a, a big differentiation right we talk a lot about b2c right so we talk a lot about business business directly into consumer and all of that so if you look at the 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 metaverse or the b2b metaverse I think that's where there's a lot of relevance as well. So I find that to be extremely powerful for for sort of like the the B2B or the metaverse B2B, if you will, uh, factory as well, right? So how do you improve performance or decrease costs or improve uh, different aspects of it uh, on site? I think that's a, that's a great use case as well for for sort of like that side engineering as well. Future future of work, right? We all more and more working remote now, and we feel more apart from our colleagues or collaboration 
collaboration becomes hard because the tools that are on the way are not necessarily the best tools. So how do you go about utilizing, you know, for example, HoloLens as a manner to bring people closer or to enhance collaboration or to make those work environment more productive for, for the people to get together. So that's sort of like on the B2B side of things, right? Which which is not what a lot of people are talking about, but I think is is where a lot of the uh, the impact is going to come from. On the other side, on the B2C side of things, I think uh, the beautiful case here to make is that the metaverse is not a new channel. You shouldn't be looking at that as a new channel. Like you look at Twitter or Facebook or CRM or e-commerce or even retail. What I think is exciting about the metaverse is utilizing it almost like as a new medium, right? So a new medium on which you can tell stories differently, a new medium on, on, on which you can connect with uh, customers in a manner that wasn't possible before, a new medium where you can enhance experience, right? So it goes beyond then advertising or just, you know, posting something. I think literally can it, with the metaverse should be seen as a as a strategic and structural part of a business. Right? It, it's not just marketing. It's not just social, right? It goes beyond that. It goes like, how can you give a better user experience for customer service, for example? How can you enhance a better experience for training, right? So how can you train your employees or, or people that are connected to, to your brand or to your product? How, the, how can you better train them to better serve customers within that environment? How can you give a better experience for, for products, right? So we're talking about e-commerce or shopping before. So, you know, how do you go from flipping through, uh, you know, flat photos on a website or maybe having a 3D that you can go around the product or maybe having a video to having you know, like a full immersive experience where you can interact with that thing. And, you know, by buying within that space, it sends directly to your home, right? So those are the things I'm looking at. Those are the things I'm excited about. Also gathering people together. You as a brand, you have fans all over the world, right? But it's almost impossible for you to bring them all together physically to one space. It can be possible, but it's, it's, it's extremely costly, right? So how do you utilize that space to do the so famous community building? that we've been talking so much lately. So, you know, you gather people together, you bring them to a certain space, you give certain experience based on past behaviors. That's why NFTs become interesting because you can build a whole membership layer or a whole loyalty layer on top of that, that you can gain experience. You can, you know, divide groups and, and get them together. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And I really love thinking about the metaverse as a new medium rather than a, just a new channel, like something that will replace your phone, maybe, or yeah, or reality, right? Because that, yeah, that's what 100%. we are talking about, actually, replacing <laughs> yeah. reality somehow. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like using like the, the complementation, right? It's complementing it, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's giving a layer that didn't exist before. Right. Or, or if it did exist, now it can be much deeper or it can be much better explored. So I think replacement always comes on a negative manner, right? Everybody's like, oh, it's going to be like the Matrix or it's going to be like Ready Player One, right? It's going to replace entirely and we're going to live in, in, at home in the dark and nothing matters. And we're going to be just with goggles on 24-7. 
I was like, yeah, that's exactly what my mom told when video games came about, right? And here we are. So <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm a little bit torn with those negative only thought trains, you know. I'm I'm fully aware that people will abuse as people did abuse the TV, as people did abuse video games, as people did abuse the internet, as people do abuse TikToks and Instagrams and all of that. It's going to happen. It's a fact. It's human behavior. But I, I think it's... It's a bit early to sort of like say that's going to replace it all when it's the dumb of, of humanity because, you know, another emergent technology comes comes to place. Yeah. Whenever there is a new technology is coming in, there is always the super optimistic and then the super pessimistic, right? And then yeah. most often reality is somewhere in between those views. Right? 100%. Yeah. So... Let's talk about uh, strategy for brands uh, to enter the metaverse. So okay. um, let's do that by talking about your concrete experience without naming names. But yeah. what does a good strategy for a brand entering the metaverse look like? You know, like, for example, what are the early decisions that they need to make when entering the metaverse? And what are the most common challenges that you saw them facing while doing that? Yeah, so let's break let's break it down into the first. So how a, a good strategy looks like, and, and I walk you through the the process of how I do it. Right, I have this this sort of like five five step approach to it where we go, you know, from the beginning to quote unquote, the end of very high level pillars that you should be looking at, right? So the, the first thing I always look at is the brand strategy, right? Because I'm a brand guy, I come from that point of view. So as soon as we start engaging, I'm like, okay, can, can, you, can you like educate me on your brand strategy, right? Because there are three things that are interesting about brand strategy. The first thing is, as soon as you start thinking brand strategy, you're thinking long-term, Right, because every brand strategy is, is is made between five to ten years in the future, right? That's what they're looking for. So as soon as you you put the mentality or the mindset within that, you think long term. So that changes already the conversation. The second thing is that as soon as we start looking into brand strategy, it becomes much easier to sell in internally or to have a conversation internally with other stakeholders because they're bringing you to the brand strategy meeting. Right, they're bringing you to those like those big um, moments where everybody from the brand that are doing something relevant will be part of. So it becomes easier to have a conversation because if your metaverse strategy is underpinning the brand strategy, there is an easier way for you to be relevant within that long-term plan. And then the third thing is brand consist consistency, right? So we've seen a lot of things that some brands or some markets have done something really on the side and nobody was aware and, and out of a sudden that is out. And, and then you're asking people from global, like, have you seen this? Are you guys part of this? Like, no, we did not. Like, there was something on the market and it's not even on brand and, and it goes against what we are trying to do. So that that happens every day, right? And is the nature of, of major brands. And, and that's why for me, like the, the consistency and brand consistency is, is really important in that. So that's step one, right? The step two, usually where I go is we go about like the whys, right? So why are you doing this? Are we just trying to make a quick bug to be very beginning of a new digital transformation? Or are we, you know, trying to experiment right now, but also believing and batting and learning and experimenting to be ready for the future? 
culture, right? So we always sort of like try to understand the why. Why are you doing this? Why it matters? Why now? Because a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't know, like everybody's doing it. So I think we should do it too. Which is fair, it could be that case. But then let's let's dig deeper on that element, right? Like what is in for you, right? And more more especially what is in for, for the user, for the fan, for the customers. So that's sort of like the second step. And then we go into ideation, right? So it's kind of like, Okay, what are the ideas that are on the table right now? What are the things that you're imagining that that will be interesting for you to be doing, right? We are in a moment in time that everything's possible and the technology, despite its limitations still because it's early, will provide us a canvas to tell or to do or to create anything because we are taking layers of complexity, for example, from law of physics. There is no law of physics in the metaverse, right? Everything's possible. There is no physical limitations. There is no geography, right? So you're taking those major layers that before were really staying in, in between, you know, activating really cool ideas because, oh, it's, it's you know, it's not possible to bring 100,000 fans from all over the world in one place. It's going to cost a fortune, right? And now we can, right? Oh, we, we couldn't fly before and, and now you can. Right, our product is is a physical element, and and now being a digital element, it can be anything. Right, so I, I always try to like get that thinking going because a lot of times brands want to do virtually exactly what they are doing physically. You see, like, oh, we do a flagship store, and you walk in and you go around the car and you sit in the car and you feel the car, and that's exactly what we're gonna do in the metaverse. And I'm like, no, that's not what you should be doing in the metaverse. You should be doing things that you cannot do physically, right? I understand that there's some UX patterns you need to follow to keep people, you know, understanding what's happening. But that shouldn't be a limitation, right? For me, in the metaverse, the only limitation you're going to have creativity, right? So we spend a lot of time on ideation, looking into models like what can we do now? What can we do next? And what can we do later? Right, so now being the easy, low-hanging fruit, so we experiment. Next thing, something that you need to invest more time, more money, more resources behind. And then later being that crazy thing that's the blue sky idea that hopefully or potentially could change the entire way this business works, right? So if, if money is unlimited, how do we go into, in, in each of those pillars and how do we sort of like brainstorm about it, right? And then the, the, fourth, the fourth aspect of it is, is going down the rabbit hole, right? So... Which platform do we want to use, right? Which which metaverse platform fits the best? Uh, what we are trying to achieve? Um, who are the tech partners we're gonna partner with? If you want to go like Web3 hardcore, how do we go about NFTs? How do we go about cryptocurrencies? How do we go about uh, you know potentially minting? If we go NFTs, what are we gonna use NFTs for? Depending on the platform we go, what are the limitations or or what are the benefits of utilizing those platforms? How do we gonna go to community, right? Not go to market, but go to community. How do we gonna go about understanding that community, bringing them closer to us and making sure that what we are providing is relevant to them, right? So really going down that rabbit hole, who do we want to talk with? Is that Web2 user? Is that Web3 native? Is that, you know, crypto head? Is that NFT head? Like, who are the demographics, right? So we go down down that direction. And then the fifth and, and last step is is basically KPIs and metrics, right? So how do we measure? What do we measure? How does success look like? What is success? So really looking into ways of analyzing everything we are about to do to make sure that we, one, can keep on track and, and see if things are working. But two, because this is a lot about 
experimentation and trying out things is what can we learn now that we can apply to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. Because the real game here of what's happening right now is you need to be working in the now to be ready for the future, right? So when this thing does hit mainstream as we think it will, you want to be like sharp. Because there won't be any time to experiment anymore, right? And maybe you can copy and maybe you can sort of like learn with their mistakes, but you won't be a pioneer. And that's fine, right? But if you want to be a pioneer, you're going to be experimenting right now and be ready for it when it comes. Absolutely. I want to follow up on your on your framework because there is a lot of decisions that, you know, that a brand needs to do early on. Just, just even before thinking about the metaverse, etc., I imagine there are a lot of conversations also that they need to have internally, right, for this to happen. So what are the main challenges at this stage that you saw brands facing that they need to overcome? Well, so the main challenge is education right now, right? So like really knowing what's happening and really sort of like understanding and and having the right people around them to guide them into this sort of very complex environment, but also nobody have nobody has the answers, right? So a lot of times when people feature me as a, an expert or, you know, guru, whatever, whatever crazy they before I heard labeling me with, I'm like, no, like I'm not, I'm not an expert, right? Nobody is. And if someone, someone is telling you now that they are an expert, they're full of shit because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's happening Right, we're trying to figure out, we're learning together and things are moving and, and changing really fast, you know, especially when you start like stacking up all those technologies because as soon as you talk metaverse, again, we talk Web3 and as soon as we talk Web3, we talk cryptocurrency, we talk digital wallets, we talk NFTs, decentralized finance, we talk decentralized autonomous organizations. So as soon as you start like bringing this all together as the new sort of like set of technologies that will be shaping the future of the internet, Like whoever is telling you that one, they know everything and two, that they're an expert on it, they're lying, right? Because it's impossible to know. It's just, it's just happening as we speak. So that's the main challenge, right? So how do you get the right people around you? How do you get educated? So usually those trends will be led by the consulting firms, right? They'll be led by the big agencies. They'll be led by the, you know, by the big names. And what's happening in this case is that the people that have been spending their time and have been really like experiencing and experimenting and keeping a finger on the pulse and and spending time with the communities and building, which are individuals or small groups, they are the ones shaping so far the future of the space. So they are the ones that are better positioned to to know and to explain what's happening. You know, and, and now you see major a- agencies scrambling to understand and consulting groups sort of like trying to make their mind, but very few are getting right. So that's that's what's exciting, you know, because it's it's a different mindset. So what happens usually within those brands is that you have one or two enthusiasts or DGNs, if you will, that were sitting inside of those brands and they're excited about it and they try to get traction. And then they find someone that resonates and understands from the space. They bring them together and they start building it together. Right. So the challenge, like the key challenge is, is, is education without a doubt. 
But as soon as you start navigating from there onwards, then there's much bigger challenges that you will be encountering. Because if you're operating on like in a Fortune 500 level, you know, you will be having major challenges on resources. So how do you convince leadership to assign full-timers or resources to those positions? Dealing with this wild west, that's Web3 and, and, and cryptocurrencies a lot of the times. Right. So how do you how do you convince other members of the organization that it's worth giving a shot in a moment that obviously our global economy is not at its best shape? It's difficult showing the possibilities in a moment that everybody or, you know, majority of the people are just hearing the negative from 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 the mainstream media. So I think that the ones that are really pushing the needle and really making it happen right now within those major brands. Are, are they real heroes right now, right? Because every odd is against them. Every moment is against them. They're swimming against the stream. And and still, we see a lot of brands coming out and, and doing cool stuff and learning and iterating and, and trying to sort of like shape the future of this whole thing. So, you know, like if, if there are challenges, I think those are sort of like the key three challenges, right? One is education. Two is the corporate machine. And then three is going through the details that nobody have the answer, which is like legal, corporate, finance. Nobody have the answer for those things, right? One of the things I do within my role is I keep connecting departments from major brands to talk to each other because they're the ones sort of like shaping the the landscape right now, right? Because nobody have the answer. This wasn't done before, right? And 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 it's really exciting to see that collaboration is is happening and mindsets are shifting. Absolutely, and it's very fascinating all this journey and all these hopes that brands have to jump in order to to get there. I'm curious. Uh, I'm sure there is no no good or that answer here and, and probably the answer is it depends but yes. but do you have an example or rather the ingredient of a good metaverse strategy versus a bad one it's it's hard it's hard and not me it's not me trying to be political but it's hard because a good strategy would deliver against whatever they set themselves to Right. So if, if their strategy was to test and learn and they, they achieved that, I would call it a good strategy. Uh, or if they wanted to just do an activation to raise awareness on the PR side of things or get the conversation going, that would be for me a good strategy. It's difficult to say without sort of like knowing from inside okay. out. Let's, let's take an example of a sustainable strategy, not just right. to enter the metaverse, but to dominate to acquire right. a position of strength and even leadership, you know, in the metaverse to make it sustainable over time. Let's say that that's yeah. the objective. If that is the objective, what does a good strategy look like? So what I would say is the most important thing you need to be thinking of are three things. The first thing is there is not one metaverse. The metaverse is an overall platform. It's an, the metaverse is an overall concept, like the internet. It's an overall concept. Nobody owns it. Nobody owns the internet. Nobody owns the metaverse, right? You will have metaverse platforms under that concept. We can argue with that, that no one owns the internet. It's true, no one owns the internet, but there are some companies that indeed have managed to capture like a consistent chunk of the value of the internet. For sure, 100%. So, and that's going to happen in the metaverse too. 
right? But you cannot tell that one company owns the whole thing per se. That's what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and in the metaverse is the same. Right now, there is one major company trying to claim ownership over the metaverse. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're right. I, I understand their strategy, right? What I'm saying is you have different metaverse platforms, like you have Amazon, like you have Facebook, mm -hmm. like you have eBay, right? Those, or like you have Google, those companies have conquered a big chunk of the internet, but they don't own the internet. They're, they own their corner on the internet, right? And, 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 and so will happen with metaverse platforms. We'll have companies or, you know, groups or individual visuals owning corners of, of those, those metaverse platforms. And each platform is going to have its role. Right, you're gonna go because of that. You're gonna go there because of this, and things are gonna be different on that side. So, going back to the point is if if one of the tr the, those three main ways of sort of like conquering space is understanding that, and then going about testing out each and all those platforms that you identify to be relevant for your brand and for your customers, and being there and creating a presence. As I said, it can be a minimal presence, can be a huge presence, right? Whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. But exploring those different platforms and seeing how you can leverage the best on each of them is going to be a, a key success factor. I give you an example of Web2. How does a brand conquer social media? By going there and being present in all of them. Not just present on all of them, but being natively relevant to all of them. The content you put out on Instagram is not relevant on YouTube. The content you put on YouTube may not be relevant on LinkedIn. The content you put on LinkedIn may not be relevant on Twitter. So all those different social media platforms have different audiences and people are going there because of different reasons. So they expect to see different types of behavior, even though the brand is the same. So how do you go one-to-one -one with that into the metaverse platforms? So that, that's, that's one key factor, right? You have an overall metaverse strategy, you have a brand strategy, and then you have like platform strategies, right? Like as complex as it sounds, that's the future we, we're heading to. If you want to dominate and you want to be the one like that takes it over. The second thing is understanding how you will provide value. Right. So it's not just about how I'm going to extract money, but rather how do I will provide value? What, what does my consumer base or consumer fans or target group or, or demographics that you're looking into? What do they give a fuck about? Right. Like what do they want to see? How, which, what do they want to get from you? Right. Yeah. They want you to go there and do the same lame shit you do physically, or they want you to do there and expect you to do something different. Right. And that can vary based on the platform or can vary based on, you know, the demographic per se is going to be is going to be fundamental again. Right. So not replicating what you're doing on the physical world in the digital world and just, you know, hoping it's sick that that's already like a good way to start off. Right. It's really understanding like when people go to this platform, like what are they expecting? Right. What are your, what like why are they there? And, and, and how you can be relevant. I think that's going to be, you know, fundamental. And then the third and most important thing of all of that, obviously, is how do you generate revenue from it? 
right? How do you create sustainability through new or already existing revenue streams so you can, you know, go back and keep reinvesting on that research and keep reinvesting on those activities to keep growing your, your brand exponentially from there. So that's a hard nut to crack because, you know, we are at the very beginning of all of it, but there are in numerous manners on which you can be looking to revenue streams and, and, and ways of generating revenue within those, those platforms. One very, very clear manner that we are already witnessing is, is fashion, right? Like digital wearables or digital fashion is something that we are already seeing that brands are already being able to, to capture within those platforms, right? And the, and the reason for that is very simple. We as humans now migrating or exploring more and more virtual worlds will bring alongside with us the same behavior we have in the physical world, which is the way I dress up is to give reasons to the, to, to give signs to the external world on how I want to be perceived, right? So that cultural element of human race won't change. And so will be displayed as soon as you have an avatar. You'll make sure that you go there and you put your touch and you want to be seen this way and that way. Could be that it's one of one of you, like Sarah, the way you look here, you're going to be looking in the metaverse. Or it could be like, I want to be totally different, right? I want to be seen like a unicorn in the metaverse and you are not a unicorn in the physical world. But the element of I will be, you know, tuning and customizing my appearance in the metaverse will be fundamental. And, you know, those items that will be represented by NFTs are, are basically wearables or, you know, fashion wearables. And, and that's going to be a ginormous opportunity, not just for the fashion brands, but for everybody else that gets and understands what the user wants to do. Right. So those are sort of like my three takes where I would start from if, if you know, if a brand would come with me with that idea of strategy. That's very interesting because it's basically like the framework. It's very similar to what Web2 companies, the big tech, you know, are actually doing, you know. And it's just interesting to see now also brands, uh, you know, start to embracing this aspect uh, and applying it to, to the metaverse. Just, just on that, like a lot of times, you know, we, we see new and upcoming technologies and we want to come up with like an entire new strategy yeah. because, you know, it has to be all different. But if you want to predict the future, the best way to do is to look at the past. What worked before? right? How does the cycle happen? What was relevant? Which decisions was, were made? And that's, that's always the way I'm operating, right? I'm looking at like, how did newspaper went mainstream? How did radio went mainstream? How did TV went mainstream? How did, you know, internet went mainstream? How e-commerce went mainstream? How social media went mainstream? What were the, the advantages that brands took back then? And what were the issues they faced back then? And how to overcome that now? Because it's going to be the same. People were skeptical, yes. UX was shit, yes. Nobody was trusting on it, yes. There were people that were early on it that were really shaping the future of it. And if you got close to them, you got, you know, to the to the sort of like the holy grail because they got it early, yes. Like all of this happened on all those mediums, right? So it's, it's, it's the same. The, the, the same thing happens over and over. It's true. And I'm also a firm believer of that, following very much the principles of, of Ray Dalio, let's say that. History <laughs> tends to repeat itself or that there are at least some fundamentals that tend to be constant. That, that's really fascinating. And you keep saying that, and I want to get back to that for one second, that one of the challenges is that brands often think of replicating what they do in reality 
in the virtual space. That's one of the main challenges. And then so there is this element instead of unlocking the imagination, the creativity for experimenting with different type of experiences in the metaverse and different type of offers maybe. So how do you do you go about that and not just replicate whatever is it that a brand does in the real reality in the metaverse? Yeah, so I think what we need to look here is why they do it, right? And 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 the why is very simple. One is you're already taking risk in so many ways by trying to do something in this space that once you're taking all those risks, there is a moment that you want to limit the risks, right? And one way of limiting risk is doing the things that you're used to. So it's, it's understandable, right? That you want to do something that you're already doing because it's working, right? So that's, that's understandable. The second thing is that a lot of times they're surrounded by, by companies or partners that they are using to do the Web2 stuff or, you know, the offline stuff. And, and that becomes kind of like, oh, yeah, let's, let's make it omnichannel, right? Like this has to be the same experience all over the place, which makes sense for a lot of different things, but I don't think it makes sense for the metaverse, right? I don't think that we will have sort of like that omnichannel approach. We will have an omnichannel strategy of what you want to convey as a message or what you want to convey as a brand, but the way you apply that strategy is going to be different based on the medium you are looking at, right? So I think that that's kind of like the why it happened. And now looking to like how to avoid it, I think that's that's the moment of like being bold and pushing the boundary, you know, is is trying the stuff that nobody's doing and seeing how how it goes. You know, it's 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 really pushing the, the experimentation to to a new level. I've said that that if if after all we've learned from going to travel road digital transitions in just a short period of time, and that's basically what like twenty five years since the whole internet happened and all what happened with it, the pattern we've seen is that the brands or the companies or the people that have been really the ones trying things and doing it differently and thinking differently are the ones that have stand out. Bezos back in the day selling books on the internet. People are laughing at him. Like, bro, like, how is he going to buy books on the internet? Like, never is going to happen. And look what Amazon became, right? Like, when, when, when Jobs got kicked out of his own company trying to push the boundary and do things differently, you know, he, he, he got kicked out of his own company, right? People are laughing at him. It was a failure. And look where the iPhone got. Right. Those are obviously two extreme examples to display what I'm trying to say. I think that, you know, going bold and, and trying things different is, is going to be the way, you know, like I see I see on the fashion industry as well. Right. Why does a shoe has to look like a shoe in the metaverse? Why does a jacket or a hoodie has to look like a jacket and a hoodie in the metaverse? Why my shoe cannot be dragons that I put it on and I can fly around? Right. Like that, I think it could be an interesting way of exploring it. And also taking a lot of elements of gaming. A lot of people are telling me, yeah, but you know, like you need to keep the user experience as it is. You cannot confuse the user when they're coming in. I was like, cool. So what about gaming? The most successful gaming games out there are the ones that you can do shit you cannot do in reality. Otherwise, I will be going from a, you know, a a nine to five job, I'll be stuck in traffic, I'll be commuting on the subway, I'll be entering a shop that looks like a shop. Like, what is the fun element if I'll be doing that in a game or, you know, while playing games? Everything's possible. That's that's true. And I find it super fascinating. Like, maybe maybe it will be even a new profession, a new job like these. Uh, oh, it is already. Yeah. Right. It's huge already. Like, 
you know, virtual world, world builders, yeah. virtual world architects, um, people that are building experiences, virtual world experiences. I consult a company that has like 120, 120 employees full time just building virtual worlds, right? They're building all metaverse platforms. And they're discussing the whole day, like, oh, how we go about like doing this box and that thing and how can we push this and that, you know, like just like expanding on the possibilities. That That's a very exciting. Let's, it's super exciting. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. Let, well, let's dive deeper into that, actually. What are the competencies, you know, the knowledge, the resources, the professional, the people that you need uh, you know, as a brand to have either as a consultant or in-house or whatever, you know, mm. to build your own strategy and then like to maintain this strategy then in the metaverse. Yeah. So I think that to go from zero to one, which is the education element of it, I think you definitely need to be leaning. Uh, another one's talking that they've done stuff. They have never done anything because there's a bunch of experts right there. Right now, so you should just be mindful of that, right? So just saying. <laughs> so I think like leaning against that is a good way to go, to start, to get from zero to one, to get an understanding. But the crucial thing, and that's what I'm always saying to the brands I work with and, and is a way as well, you know, you know, some people are telling me like, oh, you're giving all your secrets away, like you're shooting your own food. I'm like, no, I'm, in, I'm, I'm enabling everyone that, you know, everyone I can with the stuff I know. So we grow this thing faster. Right. So like, that's the idea. So enabling the team to be able to move by themselves and create their own ways of doing those things internally is their way to go. Right. So you go from zero to one with people that come from outside and help you out. But then and you go from, you know, one to, to ten internally. Like six to six external partners because we're building all those tech capabilities inside or it's gonna take you, you know, gazillions of dollars in in centuries. But at the same time, you know, the intel, the the curiosity, the the knowledge pools and all of that has to be built internally. So that's why I'm so excited to be seeing brands building Web3 Studios or Chief of Metaverse and all of that, because you start seeing resources being deployed in, in a manner that you will be more sustainable, right? There will be people full time doing just that. And and once that starts happening, I think that's that's the real beauty of things, right? Is when is when those things start becoming sustainable when because if it's still being the way it is right now that, you know, there are people doing two, three, four jobs at the same time and, and trying to do something here and trying to do something there and no budget and a lot of limitations and legal is coming in and saying no to everything. And like, there is no way this space is going to evolve, right? And there is no way your company is going to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's super fascinating. Uh, and uh, it's a window to, into the new world. Looking at this window, actually, what do you think we're going to see more of in the upcoming future for the metaverse and for the brands that are approaching it? Because uh, there are more and more I'm seeing that are really making bold moves. Yeah. Yeah. What I think we will see more and more is mistakes, right? We're going to have like cases of don't do that kind of thing, which is natural, you know, when uh, you are in this experimenting mode and, and it's, it's really important to, to have the mindset that if you really want to be a trailblazer in a moment that nobody knows where they're going, getting lost in the process is, is you gotta be comfortable with that. A lot of the brands that I'm talking with, and they are like literally fortune 10 brands 
they, they are looking at the long term, right? They are looking like 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. And, and that was not happening like six to eight months ago. Diego, thank you very much for this great conversation. I had a lot of fun talking to you. And I feel like I learned a lot about the metaverse and what's a good strategy to approach it. So thank you very much. And I'll see you, all of you on the next episode. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That's all from today's episode. Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you find this episode valuable, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel or to the Polyweb podcast on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. It would be fantastic if you could leave us a rating, a review, or a comment, as this really helps other listeners find the show. All the resources mentioned in this episode will be linked in the description and in the show notes. See you on the next episode. And if you cannot wait until next week, you can watch this episode right here that relates to some of the things that we talk about in this episode. Bye.